What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the CS Joseph Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing intrigue relationships. Intrigue relationships. What do intrigue relationships look like? But first of all, what are intrigue relationships? A lot of people keep asking because we keep changing the nomenclature over the years. I mean, at first we talked about golden pairs, silver pairs, bronze pairs, superego relationships, those kinds of things. And that's really a remnant from the um, season uh, the season uh, 12 uh, playlist uh, here on the YouTube channel or on the podcast. And uh, that's something very fascinating or very interesting. Like, a lot of people think that social compatibility is the same thing as uh, romantic compatibility, but it's not. So... Intrigue relationships is basically a romantic compatibility description. And uh, there are a total of eight uh, romantic compatibilities. The other uh, eight types out there, they're not romantically compatible at all, so they're not even listed in uh, what we consider romantic compatibility. So there are eight romantic compatibility relationships. The first one is what we've called the golden pair, but we're calling it the affection relationship, and it's based on affection obviously then there is the companion relationship the companion relationship which was traditionally known as the pedagogue relationship uh, now what's interesting about the pedagogue and the affection relationship as the top two they both have the same sexual compatibility uh, with uh, you know within those two pairs basically so like for me an affection relationship would be with an INTJ woman a uh, companion relationship would be with an INFJ woman, but they both have, they're both tied for the same uh, sexual compatibility, basically, within a relationship. And then the third highest relationship, psychologically, is that it's, uh, it's the natural. It's a natural relationship. And that would be like, for example, me with an ISFP, and it's the most natural. I just be who I am. It's like, you know, where you get that old adage of like, Oh, you know, just just be yourself, right? They always say that when they're giving advice to men, you know, in relationships. Just just be yourself, right? It's all about be yourself, right? Well, the only relationship out there, out of the remote romantic compatibilities where you can be yourself, is hands down the natural. It's it's only the natural. The natural's the only one, you know. So. The rest of them, that's just not the case. It's not the case at all. Be yourself, right? That's the natural. And then the, uh, and that's, and that's a, and so second highest sexual compatibility would be like me and ISFP, me and an ISTP. The ISTP and me would be the intrigue relationship. Still has the same sexual compatibility because like extroverted sensing parent is matching with introverted sensing inferior, right? Uh, and uh, extroverted intuition hero is matching with the NI child of the natural and the intrigue relationships. Then number five 
is actually the what we would call the silver pair and that is the relationship based on respect that is the respect relationship okay that is number five number six is what we used to call the benefactor relationship and that is known as the ENFJ for me that would be me and my ex-girlfriend Kim which season three episode three is basically me kind of describing a little bit describing her and ENFJs in my life but also a little bit of insight into our, our relationship some of the struggles that we had within our relationship that was in that episode so if you want to learn more about that that's a good place to go so so number five so that'd be number six number six is the benefactor relationship but also known as the trust relationship that's a relationship that's built upon trust number seven is your super ego relationship but it's known as the refinement relationship right that is um that's number seven and the lowest of the eight sexual compatibilities is the kindred relationship a relationship built upon kindness and that's basically me and an ESTP the ENTP and the ESTP uh, same exact judgment functions but has the same sexual compatibility that a superego relationship would have my first marriage was a superego relationship if you want to learn more about that and kind of how that went uh, check out the ESFP episode in season 21 uh, for that particular one you can check that out as well hopefully there's like little pop-ups that show up in these videos every time that uh, I'm mentioning uh, or re referencing other videos so that you guys can see that and hopefully uh, my team is putting links to those episodes in the description below hopefully they're doing that and uh, please God Almighty I hope they're doing that so that you guys can just link to those episodes and just start watching them you know so very important right as far as like how the uh, kindred relationship goes I mean you can reference the recent episode that I did on introverted sensing inferior it's kind of like how some of the negative aspects of the kindred relationship is but there is still a lot of positive aspects and when you consider kindred relationships you know this is what what be what my INTJX would call a trauma bond oftentimes kindred relationships because they're a relationship built upon kindness um, it's often for people who have a lot of trauma between both of them and they just need somebody to be kind to them right so that's why the kindred relationship gets really popular with people who have a lot of trauma and that's where trauma bonds come from right sadly I didn't listen to my INTJX back in the days so I got to give a shout out uh, to Andy because she deserves one uh, because she was absolutely right about trauma bonds. I just didn't realize how it was applied and my extroverted thinking critic just automatically dismissed her and I shouldn't have and, and I, I seriously regret doing that. So Andy, I apologize uh, for treating you that way in those days um, over three years ago. My bad. However, be it as it may, this particular video is about intrigue relationships. So, but before I move on, like, if you guys want answers to your questions, become Acolyte members. Go to csjoseph.life forward slash members, become a journeyman member, then upgrade your account to Acolyte. Or go to csjoseph.life forward slash portal if you already are a journeyman, and then click on uh, become an Acolyte member from there. And uh, you guys can become an Acolyte member. And then uh, you get to ask me one question per month, and I turn it into 
a podcast episode or a YouTube episode. And also, rumor has it, uh, Chris Taylor will also be taking on questions as well and will be uploading them to the podcast and also on the YouTube channel as well so that he can provide his unique perspective and his unique insights uh, to some of the Acolyte members as well. And let me tell you guys, like having the opportunity for Chris Taylor to be answering questions is a really, really big deal, especially those of you out there who would like an extroverted thinking perspective and not necessarily always my pragmatic uh, TI parent perspective. He provides an affiliative extroverted thinking perspective, so it's a nice uh, bit of variety. And uh, also, like if you're an acolyte and there are some questions where you may prefer somebody to answer them, by all means, just ask. You may not get you, you may not get it. You may just get me, or you may just get him. But we would potentially, I think, I think we would take that into account if you guys would rather have Chris answer a question or something. Just let us know. Um, I'm sure we'd be we'd be happy to oblige. You know, no problem. So, that all being said, the intrigue relationship. What is the intrigue relationship all about? Intrigue. Obviously, it's about mystery and cultivating mystery. It's about bringing the mysterioso component to a sexual relationship, basically, right? You know, oftentimes, you know, like if you guys read uh, Mating in Captivity by uh, Esther Perel, which I highly recommend you do read, um, that's a great book. The intrigue relationship is a very sexy, powerful relationship. They, they have a great time in the bedroom because it's the relationship that has an insane amount of tension, an insane amount of tension. And remember, the closer you are to somebody, the less sexual sexuality there's going to be. That's one of the things I learned from Esther Perel, which is a very painful thing to read, but it's like closeness actually destroys sexuality. It really does. Tension is what actually builds it, right? It builds it, builds it up. You need tension in order to have a great sexual relationship. That's why when people get married, there's like a lack of tension and then frequency of sex goes down quality of sex goes down within the relationship but in an intrigue relationship thanks in an intrigue relationship it's all about uh, intrigue relationship it's 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 amazing it's uh, I mean it'll it'll blow your socks off sexually speaking now you have a lot of conflict. You have a lot of conflict because there's almost very little emotional connection, and it's constantly like a debate, 24/7. I mean, imagine me, you know, being TI parent, you know, paired up with a TI hero all the time, and it's like, oh my god, you know. But but the debates just create the tension. That lack of emotional compatibility creates the tension, and it leads to a very um, satisfying or gratifying sexual uh, uh, thing. So like they always just bang it out in the bedroom for example. Everything's cool and they end up having that mutual respect because it's like hey they'll argue each other until they're blue in the face but then they'll just solve it in the bedroom afterwards. Because to each other because that lack of sexual or that lack of emotional compatibility, that lack of emotional connection, they end up uh, overcompensating for it in the bedroom. right? And it leads to some super spiciness in the bedroom over time that's not to say that 
it's potentially better than a, than an affection relationship. That's not to say it's better than a companion relationship. That's not to say that it's better than a natural. It's not to say that it's just better. It's it it really just depends on like remember all these relationships. People often choose their pairings based on what's missing in their life, right? So I was missing refinement in my life, uh, so I ended up getting married to an ESFP. I was missing a lot of kindness in my life, so I ended up getting married to an ESTP. You, you see what I'm saying, folks? Like, sometimes people are missing intrigue in their life, or they're missing mystery in their life. They're missing, uh, you know, perhaps their life is very banal or very boring, right? So that's why people end up having sexual relationships based on intrigue, based on mystery, because the mystery is what's required to create more tension. It could be like, you know, for people who. Uh, you know, they they lead very boring lives or they've been really bored or they're bored in their sexual relationships. I've noticed that, like, when it comes to, you know, people cheating in relationships, they oftentimes cheat with their intrigue because they're just looking for something completely original. They're looking for something entirely uh, mysterious. They're looking for something that brings immediate tension back into their life so that they can actually spark a good sex life again. That's ultimately the purpose of the intrigue relationship and so when you look at people in intrigue like who have intrigue compatibility with one another there's always this constant sexual tension between the two and you just look at them and they're like they're kind of they're almost like almost arguing all the time almost almost fighting all the time and you're just like and you just look at them and you're just like well get a room please put us all out of our misery and go get a room that's what it's all about that's an intrigue relationship that's where that archetype comes from. That's where that saying comes from. When you're literally telling someone to get a room, that's why. You know what I'm saying? That's where it comes from. So, it's like, you know, whatever. Like, that's where it comes from. You know, who, who wouldn't want more, uh, more conflict in their life? You know, it's, it's a relationship that is entirely built upon mystery and cultivating conflict for the sake of bringing about more tension to that ultimately leads to great sex that's that's the purpose of the relationship not only that it also brings about exploration it allows people to explore themselves in ways that they've never been able to explore because if there's constant mystery they want to explore the mystery and then all of a sudden they develop new sexual proclivities, new sexual tastes, uh, anything to, you know, save them from the banal or anything that's boring, right? That's what the intrigue relationship is all about. Another good part about the intrigue relationship is that it constantly challenges people's ego investments when they are in that relationship. And they actually become stronger for it over time. It's kind of like how the superego provides refinement but it's more of a sharpening of a person's beliefs or sharpening for TE users or a sharpening of a person's ideas, which is TI users. When TI users get together in an intrigue relationship. And that can be very, very beneficial. So not only are they having great sex on a consistent basis, but they're also making each other far more intelligent than before. Granted, there's a lack of emotional connection and these two types are not going to be able to meet each other's emotional needs. That's why they always have to overcompensate for the lack of emotional needs being met to that sexual connection and overdo the sexual connection 
for that sake. Not a bad thing. Really not a bad thing. Now, is this a is this a relationship that is sustainable over time such that you know, you could have a one-on-one monogamous relationship over this kind of compatibility? No. No, I don't think so. Honestly, I think monogamy is best suited for the top three, which would be affection, companion, and uh, natural, with likely affection and natural being the absolute best for monogamy. But I'm not a person who recommends monogamy either because I think monogamy like actually can end up destroying families and destroying children over time, especially in our decadent society where open hypergamy is the norm and uh, you know men are treated like second-class citizens in their relationships. And then when children come along, third-class citizens, or when animals come along, third-class citizens, when children come along, fourth-class citizens, and then just you know men end up becoming phased out or... Uh, deleted basically from within their own families or underneath their own roofs of their lives which ends up causing them to seek out intrigue relationships anyway it's so interesting it's so interesting and then when you look at you know the biological proclivities of women and sexual pre-selection or the chances of women uh, poaching men from other women you know it's usually like the intrigue relationship kind of gets in there right this also happens off the time when you have that woman who's a cougar. She's like 40 to 50 years old, but she's getting with a 20 or 30-year-old uh, man, basically. That's ultimately why, right? Which I find, I find utterly, utterly fascinating to me, you know, so. But regardless, like, you know, if a person's needs in their life is not being met, you know, these sexual relationships, these, diff- these eight compatible relationships ultimately exist to fulfill that need and people will naturally find people that can fulfill that need or or fill that hole that they have within themselves that's not being met now granted i think affection relationships and natural relationships are the absolute best for filling all the holes and if you were going to commit to monogamy definitely go for those kinds of relationships first and foremost and have children with those relationships but for the other ones maybe not so much probably not but again that's just a recommendation i mean obviously you all can live your life the way you want to do i'm just saying what's optimal from a long-term point of view perspective right you know like everyone has their own tastes everyone has their own needs and they're all based on different things right so keep that in mind keep that in mind so like that's that's what the intrigue relationship purpose is that's what it's for that's kind of what it's like uh we're going to be doing a lecture series on the intrigue relationships looking at season four i think we're probably that's probably going to be season or season 14 season 14 part five is probably what we're going to be doing for intrigue relationships so one thing at a time uh we're going to be getting there and discussing those we're also going to be discussing dual, duality relationships uh, in the very near future. And that's also going to be very interesting as well. So make sure you guys uh, become journeyman members for when that content gets released. I do know, though, that in the very near future, a season 14 uh, release will be made publicly available to the YouTube and the podcast. But I think that we're going to be discussing uh, the socionics approach to ISFJ plus ENTP 
or ISFP plus ENTJ, you know, like the polar opposite relationships. I think we're going to be releasing that to the public. But in terms of the other relationships where it's very compatible, it's going to be behind the paywall in the members area. So if you want to get in on that, I recommend you become a member now. See it shows forward slash members. So anyway, and listening, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.